And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. I am Tim, and this evening I'm joined by a whole host of Yellow Blockers. Returning from the darkness, it's Mr. Jared Farmer. Good evening, Timothy. Hello, mate. How are we doing? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, recording from his holiday, no less, we've got Mr. Sam Edwards. Bonjour. Where are you, Sam? Whereabouts in the world? I think I just gave you a clue. Ah, Belgium. Bonjour. Nice. Bonjour. <laughs> very nice. Uh, from not quite as sunny uh, France, uh, northwest, it's Dan. Hey, mate. How are we doing? Uh, I've been better. Good. Still not recovered. That's what we like to hear. Deepest, darkest Lincoln Roads, represented by Mr. Matthew Kisby. Good evening, Timothy. How are you, Matthew? I'm very well, thank you for asking, Tim. Um, I'm still not eating any um, cutlery from Sheffield, but apart from that, I'm okay. Still not eating any cutlery from Sheffield? With cutlery. Sheffield steel, for God's sake. God, you are just so uneducated, aren't you? Yeah, I don't make steel in Sheffield anymore, I should imagine. No. Anyway, moving swiftly on, I'm also delighted to welcome John from hashtag up the posh spaces. Evening, John. Good evening. Cheers for having us on. No worries. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not as depressed as Dan, I don't think. Dan's always depressed. Don't worry about that. We don't we don't take him really seriously anymore, to be fair. We're more worried if he's in a good mood, to be honest. Well, hopefully he cheers up as the night goes on. Fingers crossed. It's certainly a more positive uh, welcome than it was last time recorded. So since we last recorded, the dust has settled on our playoff defeat. The Posh have announced their retained list. We've gone tickled pink and next season's League One lineup is finalised. That's all coming up on the Yellow Block. So, the Posh have announced a another new chapter, Jared. Uh, new chapter for the 78th time. 
need to start with the manager. This we said was going to be the start of the biggest news this summer. Uh, Darren Ferguson back at the club officially. Anybody surprised? No. Uh, Jared, your thoughts on this? Yeah, certainly nothing new about it, is it? It's very rinse and repeat, uh, Groundhog Day. But I've had a lot of time to to think about it. And given the club's position, I am I am happy with it. I honestly am. Um, I didn't think I would be. But yeah, just last few days I've been thinking about it. And I think it's probably the best decision. And um, given the financial, allegedly the financial um, condition of the club and the fact that we are going to be... Um, going young and hungry again that's not a policy I don't think that is because of the, the position that we're in um so for me the best person to do that is Darren Ferguson he, he is good with younger players I like how he stamps out any of the nonsense that comes with young players so for me um yeah despite the precarious position that I think we are in as a club I am happy with the appointment of Darren Ferguson somebody that I'm sure isn't is Mr Dan Weldon who was adamantly against Ferguson's reappointment yeah, and I still am. I think the thing that upset me the most was the fact that we put on the socials a new chapter begins when we've all read this book several times already and we know exactly how it's going to end. Um, but look, like like Jared said, you know, League One, there isn't a better manager in League One, I suppose, to, to get us out of it again. So let's just see what the next 12 months bring. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? And I suppose, I mean, John, you obviously had your, your kind of finger on the pulse with what was happening on Twitter and, and the fan feeling there. I guess from a personal point of view, where do you stand on, on Fergie coming back? Yeah, I think I'm kind of mixed with it, to be honest. I When he first came back, I was I was quite angry about the appointment. I thought it was really short-sighted. Um, then he obviously sparked a big improvement and we know what Fergie can do in League One. But for me, I don't know if it's just... A, a, a craving for a new ideas or just a bit of fresh impetus about the club, really. I know Ferguson's track record is great and there's no doubt in he's a brilliant League One manager. And probably if you looked at it on paper and he came in from the outside, you'd be like, that's amazing. It is a really good appointment. But because we've seen it all before, it does feel like we're going for a whole completely new canvas of players and, and the club are preaching about this new ethos and a new ideology, effectively. We're going to go back to young and hungry and, and everything. And yet we've got the same manager. So you're having a complete clear out of the squad and everything else. But the ideas are all going to be the same fundamentally at the top. Um, but obviously we know Ferguson's a very, very good manager at this level. And I think he's a safe pair of hands. It's obviously a, a fairly risk-free appointment, I would say. Um, my my overriding concern with it, I think, is Ferguson has always excelled with squads that are probably above average in terms of the quality of player in the squad. Um, and we don't know quite where this squad is going to look like this season and whether it's actually going to be a squad that will thrive off playing attacking football in League One or, or indeed just be better than most of League One. I mean, even this season where we... we we didn't do brilliantly, but we did have a better squad than most of the league ones. So we could still play Ferguson's style of football with these younger players. We, we might not stand out quite as much. So I do think there's a, a little bit of a question mark of whether his front foot attacking football is going to work with a squad <laughs> that might not be quite as strong as a lot of the teams it's competing against. So um, there's a few concerns with it, but, you know, I, I kind of was resigned to the fact that it was going to be Ferguson and I've made peace with the appointment because I just think it felt inevitable as the season progressed, really. Yeah, I think most of us, it was like the worst kept surprise. It's interesting, though, John, you say about it, you know, this new ethos and like Jared said there, it's a new chapter and, you know, going back to what we knew. But did we ever really leave our 
ethos? Did we ever really move away from young and hungry and go for the experienced players that have the big salaries? Because I would argue that we haven't really done anything different for the last decade. Same manager, same process in terms of what the chairman's expecting. I don't know. I mean, Sam, I guess, you know, you you, you have a different relationship with Fergie than, than us. It's been, you know, relatively, it's had its moments, let's put it that way. Um, but you perhaps see things from a different perspective. Any surprise from your point of view? Not really. Not really. I mean, I think I'm still, you can still see why Posh have gone for that for all the reasons that people have said. I, I still would like to get into inside Fergie's head to, to see what he's thinking of it all because um, it, it is the same again, although with a slightly different challenge. And when you look at any, and if you assume all the players who are transferred to go, if you assume Edwards goes, if you assume Taylor goes, you know, just before we came on, I was writing down as things stand, what would our starting eleven be? And it, it, you are concerned, and it is slightly different from Fergie compared to what he's had to do at Posh before. And as John was saying, with that above average in terms of talent, and obviously with a bit of cash flow behind him, and that might be very different this year. So I guess it's kind of over to recruitment and see and see how um, how, how we're sitting in sort of five six weeks time. But. Um, yeah, it's familiar for him. It's familiar for Posh, and I think it's it's the same things as when he was appointed um, back in January. Um, you know, he's a good, solid League One manager, and he, he proved that over the course of the final few months of the season. But yeah, I'm still not quite sure what what's in it for him because he could have maybe got something else. But then maybe there's not much out there that he wants to do, and we know he's settled in the in the local area, so um, it might just be for him. It's comforting. He knows the club. He he gets on well. He achieves success. Um, compared to the size of the club, really based on his history. So, yeah. But I am still thinking I'd love I'd love to get inside his mind and just find out why and and the real reasons he's he's keen to stay. Yeah, it's a, a weird one, isn't it? Kisby, I know that you were um, you you were saying on the last pod about we've potentially got a, a shaky few months ahead and and Fergie's that stable hand that we know and I buy into that. I totally accept all that. Um, I mean, you were very much Fergie in, so you must be the cat that got the cream, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? Unless he had a complete disaster, he was always going to be our manager. Um, he's he's our most successful manager ever. So there's no debate about that. He's got more success than any other posh manager. Doesn't necessarily mean he's our best ever manager, but he's our most successful. He's certainly in the top three for me, that all the managers I've seen. So for me, him coming back is certainly a good thing, I think. Fergie has his weaknesses. I'm a big fan of Fergie, but he has his weaknesses, and we all know what they are. We saw it in the away game against Sheffield Wednesday. We saw a weakness there. We saw that he got the tactics wrong. But generally speaking, over a season, a team under Fergie will perform, and we saw that. We, we A team was not performing under McCann. Fergie came and turned it around, and he got an underperforming team to perhaps slightly overperform, if anything. And you could see that in the stats for the second half of the season. We were one of the, the best teams in that league second half of the season. He's not perfect, but he is very, very, very good. Now, one thing I will say, if we have a shit squad, if we have a shit team next season, it doesn't matter who's in charge of us, we will be pretty shit. But I do think he will get the best out of him. He's good, like Jared said, he's good with, with younger players. I think he's a good role model now. He's been doing this long enough to be a good role model to to get the best out of a team. He's not perfect. And if we just have an average team, he will struggle to get us promoted with just an average team. If we get a good team, I think he will do well and get us in the playoffs again. I think there's no two ways about that. Um, 
I think it's right to go back to basics, young and hungry. And like you say, Tim, I don't think we ever really left that. I think we've always gone down that route because that's how this club earns money fundamentally. So I don't think we ever really left it. I think, if anything, over the years, we've gone more getting young and hungry players in and then getting rid of them as soon as we can flog them for a few quid. Um, I think we've probably got to move away from that philosophy but again, as someone rightly said, I don't think we're going to have a lot of money next season. So anyone that looks half good again, if any money comes in for that player, we'll get rid of them straight away. I think we've got to try and go for young, hungry, motivate them, sell them the promise of going on to bigger and better things, but try and hold on to them. Now, I don't think that's going to be possible under the current ownership. I think, again, we're going to be a selling club. Now, you could argue all clubs are selling clubs, but... We know that we make a fine art of it. We know that we get players in, not to get us up so much, but we get players in to make money off them. And that's one of the problems. But as a manager, you can't dispute Fergie's good for our team and has always been good for our team. I don't think he's ever failed really with us. So, yeah, for me, I think it was, I'm, I'm fully behind. I said at the time, I said it was a bizarre decision, but it was the right decision and I still stand by that yeah it's a it's a very posh decision isn't it it's uh I don't think anybody was overly surprised with it I, from a personal point of view I'm a touch disappointed I, I feel like it lacks a bit of um I don't know a bit of what's the word I'm looking for here you know that there's no real drive forward it's kind of just sticking with what we know it doesn't really show any kind of willingness to to change things and and like john said it would be nice to have a different approach a different face a different a different name a different voice in the dressing room but it is what it is uh it's of no surprise to anybody we can just copy and paste really the uh, manager reaction from last time that um that fergie got hired a uh, similar sort of situation we found ourselves in then um before we look ahead to next season though we do need to look back um hopefully we've recovered from the uh, the playoffs and I look at things a little bit more subjectively now. I mean, it wasn't a it was a a decent start to the season, Sam. I, I guess it was it was always that inconsistency that was was going to cost us. Um, and ultimately, the playoffs really were kind of the epitome of that inconsistency that we've we've experienced this season. But where did it where did it all fall over for you this campaign? I I mean I I don't know if it if it did fall over in the sense that we probably got where we thought we would get and with the caliber of team um i think you know we snuck into the playoffs on the last day of the season and and probably that was about where a lot of us thought we might be you know fifth sixth seventh something like that fighting for fighting for that playoff spot right until the very end so um you know i think at the start of the season if you'd have probably said yep okay right you'll lose for wednesday on penalties in the playoff semi-final you'd be like okay well we've had a fairly decent season um, obviously, forgetting the fact that you were four 0 up in the first leg, and I have to say, I I, I had to unfollow the EFL. I, I think I saw Barry Bannon more than my friends over the course of the last week. It's just been incessant, and uh, yeah, I still can't really watch football um, or write down the word Wednesday when it comes to days of the week. But um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think those scars will remain for a while, um, especially with Sky uh, lovingly reminding us all the time, even in the playoff final. But I think I think we did about where we thought we would. We were just too inconsistent, weren't we, to, to challenge any higher. We couldn't put a run of form together. Um, 
what was it was it six unbeaten before we lost to Cambridge and that was our longest unbeaten run before then it was it was three or four and not you know not many wins in a row so we just couldn't string together decent performances and that obviously proved to be our Achilles heel in the end we beat Barnsley great performance final day of the season beat Sheffield Wednesday home leg and then fell over in the second leg because again we just couldn't string good performances together too often so um yeah what what that comes down to whether it's whether it's an experience a slight lack of quality slightly better teams above us probably all of those things but on the whole i think it was a season where we probably got where a lot of people thought we might yeah and and talking to people that can't spell wednesday but but in his case it's because he can't spell jared uh, in the summer you and i were we're talking quite um, enthusiastically about the recruitment. We felt that we'd had a great summer, that we'd recruited really well, that the squad was in good shape. Um, and, you know, although I'll come shortly in terms of what we predicted, but we certainly felt the recruitment was good. Do you think in hindsight that maybe we didn't recruit as well as we should have done last campaign? I think looking back, possibly, I think... There was a lot of players who had slow starts, didn't they? They didn't really get into into, and that often happens. Obviously, coming back from the championship, people, a lot of the players probably didn't want to be here, and I think that's something we can be guilty of is when keeping players too long. And again, we've got a big clear out at the end of this. Well, now haven't we? At the end of this season, so could that have been done earlier? I don't know. Possibly. So, yeah, I mean, recruitment's been a bit of a a key word in it recently, but I mean. Last season, it was going crazy with it. People criticising Dara for the recruitment. I think it's generally been quite good um, at posh, at the level that we normally play at League One. I think the championships a different different ball game completely. But um, I, I still think we recruited some good players, um, and I think some of them, the younger ones, obviously will will come on to do really well. I think Mason Clark was a hell of a find. Um, so yeah, there's there's some players there, but yeah, I think this rebuild's going to be quite something. Yeah, I completely agree. You look at the players that we brought in, maybe they're not quite where we need them to be quality-wise yet, but we've certainly bought some assets and I think we're all probably in agreement that that's going to come in quite handy over the next couple of years. So, uh, yeah, no, I still stand by that we did recruit well. Um, John, the, obviously the one of the standpoints of the season in terms of where did it go right, where did it go wrong would be around the manager should we have replaced the manager early did we replace him with the wrong manager should we have let grant stay do you think that that shaped how the the campaign played out well ultimately i think ferguson coming back proved to be the right decision in terms of certainly short term uh he definitely sparked an improvement but whether anyone would have let McCann go early i think in hindsight it's easy to go yeah we should have got rid of him in october when the bad run started but the fact of the matter are, McCann was a club legend. He'd won the League One title. And I think managers are owed more than, you know, six months of a season to really put their finger on on what's going wrong. And, and he did deserve that much of a chance. Um, it, like I say, in hindsight, I guess we could have binned him off earlier. Maybe Ferguson would have got us up to fourth, fifth in the table. But ultimately, I think the team was too frail to go up anyway. It didn't matter who was in charge. We saw that with the Wednesday game. The weaknesses were the weaknesses, regardless of who was in charge of that squad. We saw it over two seasons and, and those players had those frailties and they were they had a soft underbelly that could be exposed, certainly at times. And I think that's what goes down to recruitment, going back to what we were talking on in the last question. I think it was a massive failure last summer, if you look back at it. I mean, ultimately, the only one that really had an impact on the first team was Mason Clark. Um, Kipriano looked a decent signing for the future, but whether he 
really would have walked into that team in terms of Norburn and Taylor were probably your first two starting central midfielders. We needed a centre-back. We got Kel Watts and he didn't do anything. We needed a goalkeeper. We signed three of them. They were all failures. And, and key areas of that team just didn't really get addressed. And, and those weaknesses were weaknesses throughout the season under both managers. And I think that's ultimately what failed us. We didn't quite get the right players to strengthen what was a pretty strong squad at the start of the season. We still had a lot of the championship team that went up. So if we could have got the right players in the right areas, I think I think we would have really mounted a challenge for the top two. But we didn't quite do that. And although players like Ronnie Edwards developed really well, and, and that's a great find from previous years, we didn't actually supplement the squad well enough to... To, to get us up the league and, and the lack of options off the bench was again an issue under both McCann and Ferguson. We had nothing to come off the bench and influence matches. And I, I just think the problems were problems under both managers. So to, to direct the blame at either manager, um, I think is a bit harsh. I mean, McCann definitely could have done better. And towards the end of his spell, I think things were definitely going wrong and it probably was time for him to go. And I think Ferguson did a great job, but I, I, looking at it in hindsight, I do think it's, it's it's too easy to go, yeah, we should have got rid of him earlier or whatever. I, I don't think it was quite as simple as that at the time. And I, I'm not sure that was the crux of where things went wrong or went right, really. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You can look at all the different facets that make up a season. But I wonder, Kisby, if it's a case of recruitment, yes, no, manager, yes, no, or, or is it simply just a case of we weren't good enough to go up automatically? I, th- I think it was fundamentally that team was not good enough. It was not consistent enough for me. At times, it looked very good, that team. When everything was going right and when they were on a high and playing the way they wanted to to their strengths and playing a team that also was playing to our strengths, it looked a very good team. Don't forget, we beat the team that won this league and we beat them very convincingly, I thought. It, it, on the day, it wasn't a massive gap between the two sides, but I think con- we, we beat them convincingly on that day. So we looked very good on that day. But then we play against teams like Cambridge, who are not a great side, and we either struggle to beat them or we lose to them. And to be a good side, you have to be consistent. You have to consistently grind out 1-0 wins, fundamentally, after time. And we could not do that. And some of our plays are good, but some of our plays, and a lot of the time they weren't giving their best or they weren't being played in the right way. Managers always have to take some responsibility. And I think Grant McCann was not the right manager for us. It became very clear to me very quickly that we were not going to do well under Grant McCann. But you can't just sack him after three or four games. You, nobody would do that. You have to give him a fair bite of the, of, of the apple sort of thing. And, and he got a fair bite I thought but you couldn't have sacked him any sooner and to be fair I don't think we would have finished much above where we did even if um, Fergie had been our manager for the whole season so for me they were just there was strength in that team but there were also weaknesses and we knew that one of the weaknesses was the defence the goalkeeping situation was a laugh was a mockery this season an absolute mockery and you can't build a team that's going to win a league or build a team that's going to finish second or third in the league by having a shit defence, which is fundamentally what we had all season. When people came knocking on the door of that defence, it would collapse every single time. And to have Norris in goal, who was 
who has literally been the worst keeper I've ever seen for the posh, literally the worst keeper. And we expect a team with a horrendously bad keeper to do well. Well, we saw that in the Sheffield Wednesday away game. We didn't lose it because of him, but his goalkeeping looked like a clown in goal to me sometimes. He was that bad. And there has been times where I thought, for fuck's sake, you know, if that's the best we can do, we're not going anywhere fast with a, with a goalkeeper like that. And I think there was weaknesses. There are also strengths. Mason Clark, I think, will be a very, very good player. But at times, he didn't play particularly well. Um, Ward, towards the end of the season, he was playing very, very well, I thought. But again, you know, at the start of the season, I didn't think so good. He had um, injuries, didn't he, as well? So, it, like you say, we got what we deserved, really, which was close, but no cigar. And, you know, we had two, one very good manager, one not so good manager. And we've had players that have been pretty good and also some players that haven't been so good. So where are you going to finish with a team like that? Where are you going to finish sixth all day long? I mean, sort of thing. So it's, yeah, it was a, it, going back to the actual Sheffield Wednesday away game, it was a disappointing how we lost that, not the result itself as such. I think it was just how we managed to get that. But I do think that's summed up our season. At times brilliant, at times less than brilliant. And we saw that in the space of two games, didn't we? Matthew Kisby with a SWOT analysis there of the Peterborough United 2022-23 campaign. I mean, you're right, Kisby. It's hard to, to disagree with anything you say. Um, you could have said it once rather than making the same point four times, but that's what we, you know, that's what we love you for. Now, these were our predictions on the season preview pod. Uh, Sam Edwards, you predicted Posh, Posh would finish fourth. Uh, Nathan, who's not here just now, fit, uh, predicted second. Jared, shame on you. You also predicted second. Uh, Kisby predicted that we would finish third. Uh, Dan, you weren't on the season preview episode, but being the pessimist you are, probably would have uh, would have predicted we finish rock bottom. Uh, and I had us down as fifth, so therefore I was the closest. Not that you know this isn't, and I told you so. Uh, but I told you so. So yeah, I had that down as fifth. Uh, it's interesting though, Dan, because although you weren't on the season preview, everybody that was said that we'd be quite disappointed really with the playoffs. We were on a high from the recruitment in the summer. I mean, looking back now in hindsight, of course it's easy. We would have needed at least 99 points. So being honest, squad where it was, even if we did recruit better, realistically, we were never going to go up automatically, do you think? No, I think you're right. <laughs> there was no way to predict the strength of the league, you know, nine, ten months ago. And this was a really, really strong league one season, no matter what you say. Um, now, even if you take those top three teams out of the equation, we still don't finish close to the top. You know, obviously we put us like third, but we're not points-wise close to a contender. We've had a very poor season, not only for the players that we have in the squad, but for people in general. Like This is not where we want to be. You know, sh scrapping for sixth place should not be good enough for a team that's been in League One for as long as we have. We're more than established. We've just come down from the Championship. We have a phenomenal squad and phenomenal ability within the recruitment team within the management staff you know whichever manager you look at there's no way you can look at this season and even with the last six months of success and you know having that stride and you know being third on paper from january there's no way you can look at this season and think it's been anything but a failure the recruitment hasn't been good enough we were crying for players in january and we didn't buy anybody you know the recruitment in general has been quite poor like you've alluded to like everyone's mentioned you know 
the players that we signed, bar one or two, just weren't good enough. Everyone thought Ben Thompson was going to be this absolute world beater when he came in after three games because he played really well. And then he forgot how to play football. And it just seems like we've signed a lot of players like that recently in, in the last couple of years. And it's getting to the point now where it's becoming clearer and clearer that the system that we have traditionally used is starting to dwindle a little bit because the competitiveness of the teams around us that have a similar budget and a similar sort of drive to build these players up and treat their club like a stepping stone, which we've done in the past for these players, the competitiveness of that is something that we can't compete with because we just aren't willing to throw the money at these young players that some clubs are. And on the flip side, we're not willing to sign players with experience to, to drive us. And when we do, we sign players like Mark Beavers. There's no way you can win with this club at the moment. And, you know, just the problems off the pitch and on the pitch, it's it's becoming farcical, it really is. You want to rely on Dan for a nice dose of uh, optimism and happiness, which is what we uh, enjoy. We've had plenty of correspondence on Twitter um, after the loss to Wednesday. Apologies, we didn't get to read these on the sort of reactive pod that we had. We ran out of time. I'll, I'll run through some of these now. Um, and again, sorry we can't get through them all. Uh, Johnny says, this isn't our best squad. We've a few decent gems, but the rest is patchwork. We have to accept we're a small fan base with high expectations. We don't have the tribal unity in our city. And importantly, we are at our level in League One. Uh, Plastic Posh says, positives. Tim was a solid 9 out of 10 every pod, a shoe-in for host of the season. Uh, the rest, looking forward to a bumper pod for the start of the season where you discuss new squad, new manager, new slash changed ownership and a new defensive coach. Uh, interesting, we'll see. Uh, Simon Pryor, before the playoffs, we would have always taken getting there and losing on penalties to Wednesday. It hurts me more now because of how it happened. However, over the season, we didn't deserve to go up. Plymouth at home and playoff first leg, definite highlights. Uh, pretty much echoing what you were saying um, uh, there, Sam. Uh, I, I suppose, Sam, sort of in regard to Simon's comments there, if you if you take away the collapse against Wednesday, you know, if you if you do finish sixth, and you mentioned this last day, kind of making it in there, but losing to a much bigger club, which ultimately Wednesday are, I guess it's a contrast to what Dan just said because you have to say that actually that's a good season. Yeah, I mean. I, I get everything Dan's saying as well in terms of, you know, we've come down from the championship and whenever you come down from a league, you, you always want to back yourself to go back up. But, you know, we, we, we showed in the championship too many times, you know, we've touched upon it with the weak underbelly, soft underbelly, the fact that we collapsed too many times, you know, the number of times we conceded in close succession in the championship. And, you know, we took a lot of that squad into this season and those scars would have still been there. And um, mentally, I just don't think they were quite quite strong enough at times um and you know suggestions i think it was jared wasn't it? you were saying that you know we've kept these players together a long time could we have split them up and actually that's something posh haven't done you know we don't often get players to go above 100 caps there aren't many who have done you know three or four seasons or above in recent years you think of michael boswick uh, marcus madison obviously joe ward's now part of that but to have a few who've been here sort of three seasons um you like frankie kent you dan butler's you nathan thompson's um, we hadn't really had that. So it was kind of a new approach in, in, in that regard. Um, and, and, you know, again, they, I think the frustrating thing is they proved how good they can be. You know, on, on our day, we were a very, very good team and mixed it with the best and, um, and got some good results in the championship as well. So I think the frustration for, for us as fans is we know how good that squad could have been, but they just couldn't be it consistently enough. And I think 
you know, that's the difference as you go through the leagues, isn't it? You know, probably a League One team could be as good as a Premier League team on their day. The problem is they wouldn't be able to repeat it 10 times out of 10. They'd maybe do it once in every 20. Um, and, and that's how we kind of were in, in the Championship last year and in League One this year. You know, we, we could have been as good as Plymouth or Ipswich on our day. The problem is, whereas Plymouth and Ipswich had their day, you know, 35 times out of 46, we had it. 22 times out of 46 or something you know we couldn't do it often enough so so it was it was successful in the sense that we did we did mix it with the teams at the top and we were that close you know one bad clearance away from Wembley and a shot back at the playoffs but ultimately the reason we didn't get to the playoffs is because we were weak in those big moments and the clearance from Clark Harris was poor the, the flap from Norris I've watched it back so many times and it's just it's just awful so too many of those things happened in close succession towards the end of, of that Wednesday game. And so, yes, I think you could view it as a success. And I do think looking back with everything we've discussed, it, it was an OK season from us. Could have been better, could have been worse. That was a Kisbyism right there. Could have been better, could have been worse. We'll take that. It's a shame it's rubbing off on me. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's a shame that it's too late for uh, making it into the end of season's awards for little golden nuggets of information. But Sam will hold that through for next season. I think I like that one. Uh, Gareth Williams uh, got in touch. He says, keep a situation at the start was a joke and wasn't addressed. Uh, echoing what Kisby said. Form too inconsistent. 17 losses in the regular season was just mad how we got into the playoffs. Positive for me was probably the first leg, but all in all, a disappointing season. Uh, Stephen Hickman, the players have awful mentality. They're spineless, lazy cowards that have uh, made mugs of the fans for the last two seasons and don't deserve the backing they've been given. Kisby's mum slid into our DMs. Uh, it says, good afternoon. On a personal level, I'm devastated to have wasted pounds on flights over for Wembley when we wazzled it all up the wall against Wednesday. On the plus side, Fergie steadied the ship and the second half of the season was much better than the first, but we never looked like ever running away with it. One of the most frustratingly inconsistent squads of the McCantony era. I'm very unsure about next season. There are plenty of players to ship out, but we'll inevitably end up with at least half of them still here. Um... Who knows who the manager will be? This was uh, this was before the announcement that he messaged this. So who knows who the manager will be? But I wouldn't be annoyed if it was Fergie. Uh, we go again. I'll miss the football and the yellow block over the summer. But we go again in August. Up the posh and Kisby for host of the season. Uh, cheers for all the podcast lads. That's come from Kisby's mum, aka Irish Posh, on Twitter. Uh, and finally, we've got a, a DM from Ashley Bond. Um, I've had to we've had to trim this slightly uh, just due to time constraints. Obviously, it's quite a highly emotional uh, message. He says we need to thank. Wednesday for even giving us the chance to be in the playoffs after they beat Derby. We should not have been throwing away a 4-0 lead, but ultimately, if slash when they go up, they will at least stay up. And let's be honest, we'd have probably come straight back down. Over the two legs, JCH barely had a sniff and his hold-up play winning headers was shocking. We'll see what the summer brings. Hopefully the board sorts themselves out. We have an overhaul and I imagine the next five or six new starters in the main 11. And my guess is Fergie will stay. Automatics next year, please. Don't put me through the playoffs again and up the yellow block pod. Uh, quite emotional, Jared, but it's pretty fair to say that, I mean, actually he's nailed it there. He's Let's be honest, if we did go up, are we in a position to stay there? Probably not. No, but, you know, that, I think that kind of outlook is pointless being a posh fan. It's always a dream, isn't it, is to get promoted. So that, that would have been a problem um, for next season, wouldn't it? But we're not in that position. I'd, I think he makes a good point in regards to JTH. Um, it's probably unpopular, but I'm well up for selling him. I, I It's ridiculous because he scored so many goals, but I don't think he's... 
the, the way he plays football isn't as irreplaceable as how we've had like Mikhail Smith in the past. You see what I mean? When you had that ridiculous work rate, same with Aaron McLean. I think you can find similar to JCH. Yes, he's a very, very good finisher. I certainly don't think he's captain material. I think as a man, the way he lives his life, etc. I don't think he's that bloke or go in the dressing room and really, you know, um, get the players ready to go out for 90 minutes. I just don't think he's that kind of player. So, uh, been a really good player for us, done excellent, but I think it's time to sell to sell him and get some money in. Um, what is he, 20, I think he's 28, 27, 28. So uh, I think now's the time to cash in. And I'm not against some of the, you know, the idea of to move. Like Nathan Thompson, I'm fully with that as well, not renewing his contract, moving him on. Then players who have had that cycle. And I think it is time to, to freshen it up. But if they want to do it, is is how much as they say they're going to do it. Um, in regards to the players leaving and the players coming in, then it's yeah, it's going to be a hell of a rebuild. And it's going to take us Fergus sign a three year contract. I don't think we'll be challenging maybe the other third year probably. But yeah, that's probably a conversation for later down the line. It is indeed. But it was nicely segued. Let's close the chapter on what. I think we can all agree at least is a disappointing end to the 2022-23 season. We'll have a quick break and then we'll look to pastures new for a genuine new chapter. Fergie's 1112th season in charge of the posh. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So I wonder, John, knowing, looking ahead to the new season, knowing what we know now in terms of the off the field issues that have been made public, the alleged issues that are likely to come out over the next few weeks, I wonder if this was a now or never season for Posh. And although I said we were never really going to stay up, I wonder if actually we needed that promotion financially. Do you fear for the club over the next 12, 24 months? It depends what you mean by fear. Do I think we're going to go bust? No, I think there's enough value in the squad that we, we're in a quite fortunate position that we have a lot of highly sellable players. You look at Ronnie Edwards, you look at Jack Taylor, you look at Johnson Clark Harris, they're all going to fetch fairly big fees that should stave off any fears of administration. Um, I don't know the financial situation of the club <laughs> more than what's out there. And I'm, I'm not an accountant, so I, I can't dig deep into the accounts and reveal any big news on whether we're we're in huge trouble. But from the outside looking in, I'm not too concerned with the stability of Posh. I think the debt will be cleared this summer and we probably did need to cut a few costs. Um, in terms of like whether I fear for which direction the season's going to go in, uh, yes, I don't necessarily think that next season's going to be a roaring success or we should even have 
top six in our minds. If we finish 12th and, and we have, you know, shoots of, of optimism with, with some young players coming through, I think that can be reflected on as a good season. And I think that's going to have to be a big adjustment in terms of attitude right from the top of the club to supporters because, frankly, we're used to challenging from promotion in League One and it's not going to be easy seeing us struggle past teams like, I don't know, Carlisle away. No longer becomes a game that you're guaranteed to win. If we get a point there, your expectations have to drop and it becomes an okay point. Um, And that's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult to, I guess, temper that around London Road because we're used to going there and seeing Posh beat Let's, let's say, the the lesser teams in League One. Um, so we need to cut that arrogance out. So next season, for me, is... I'm not against any of the players that are going. I think Jared touched on it himself, even the likes of Ronnie Edwards and Jack Taylor. Uh, brilliant players, and ideally we'd keep them, but I think probably all six of us here would say they're, they're too good for Peterborough United now. They, they, they belong in the Championship and they deserve a shot at it. So, um, yeah, I just think what this next season is going to come down to is how well we recruit. And the club have said we're going to promote young players, but they haven't given too many clues in terms of what the transfer budget is going to be like. Now, if we go and replace Johnson Clark Harris with a young striker that's been tearing it up in League Two, then fine, that might be a good replacement. If we go and sign someone from the Conference South, then obviously your your expectations are, are dropping compared to where we're recruiting from. And that at the minute is the unclear thing. So, I'm not sure where we're going to land next season, but it feels like mid-table would be an okay success season for us, as long as we're not battling against relegation. And I think we probably have enough quality if we retain the likes of Mason Clark and Kwame Poku and even the likes of Kiprianu to 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 sort of stave off any fear of finishing that bottom four. There's some there's some pretty poor teams in the bottom four in League One, as we saw last season. And Look, Cambridge United are rebuilding, and and we we're going to have more pull than Cambridge United. So, I don't I don't necessarily buy into this notion that we're going to be you know twenty second, twenty third. I do think we, we we won't necessarily be a top six contender, but I, I don't I'm not I'm not massively fearful of what's to come. I honestly can't see us buying players to replace players that are leaving. We'll be buying players to replace those that are stepping up for those that are leaving. I think that's that's what we can expect this summer. That's just my personal take on it. Um, and unfortunately, I'd love to have the optimism that, that John does, but I, I do fear for the club this coming 12 months, both off the pitch and on the pitch. Um, yes, we've got assets in the squad. Whether or not that covers what's going to happen over the next few weeks, potentially, I don't know, because we know that it's going to come to a head with the ownership. And I do fear for on the pitch. Absolutely agree. As a fan base, we need to we need to temper our expectations going into this campaign. But I I really wouldn't be surprised to see us at the wrong end of the table this coming season. Uh, I, I genuinely do think that we're in for a. We're in for a rough ride. And, you know, as somebody that predicted this season correctly, I'm just saying, you know, I told you so. so we'll, we'll see what it plays out to. The thing is, the, um, the, 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 the league is complete now, Sam, in terms of incomings and outgoings. So coming up from League Two, we've got Leighton Orient, Stevenage, Northampton and Carlisle. Coming down from the Championship, we've got Reading, Blackpool and Wigan. Um, early thoughts from you then in terms of where we sit in that group? I saw a few people reacting immediately after the, the semi-final defeat and, and fearing, like you've just said, Tim, that we'll be in a relegation scrap next season. I think I'm probably more in a, a similar position to John on that in terms of I think I think we'll be OK. We, we might not be in for the 
and I say dizzy heights um, <laughs> because it often gets brought up, doesn't it, in terms of how posh were in the 80s and how they have been under Darren McAntony. Um, but we won't, we might not be challenging for for a top six and a shot at promotion, um, and it might be back to the days of the, um, you know, the Graham Wesley. Although the, he obviously had a decent decent little spell at one point, and then you know we might have a few years where or a couple of years where we're not in the not in the playoff mix. But I don't I don't ultimately fear that we're going to be scrapping down at the bottom of the League One table. Um, I can't put my finger on why I think that is. I think maybe Darren Ferguson is part of that. I think I think he's good enough to, even with maybe less resources than he's used to as posh manager, doing a good enough job with a bunch of players to to keep us in a in a in a fairly okay position. But I do think it depends how things play out. I think we're all probably expecting Edwards and and Taylor to go. Um, people were surprised about Clark Harris being on the transfer list, but unless I'm mistaken, I thought he signed a four-year deal three years ago, and so he's in the last year of his contract, and so that was inevitable that he was going to be on the transfer list. Um, now, does Posh's financial position mean we get less money for people like him, for Edwards and for Taylor? I think we'll probably get enough, so I think we will have a bit of money, hopefully, to, to pay off any alleged debts and, and maybe invest a bit in the squad, but I think it's clear from the sort of PR that's coming out of the club, there's already been a an element of maybe not just maybe not reduce your expectations, but we are dealing with less resource this time and, you know, bringing through some of the names in the academy already in, in some of the press releases. So, yes, we may be more mid-table than top six, but I don't ultimately fear that we're going to be sitting here in seven, eight months time thinking about are we going to be, are we going to be scrapping and, and possibly in League Two. Hopefully you're right. We got the retained list uh, a week or so ago. Uh, so just to run these by you again. So returning to parent club was Will Norris, Carl Watts and Ogbetter. Uh, released Nathan Thompson and Benjamin Menza. Available for transfer, Josh Knight, Frankie Kent, Dan Butler, Ben Thompson, uh, Fuchs, Oliver Norburn, Joe Tomlinson, JCH and Christy Pym. And we have offered a contract to Joe Ward. Just touching on two of those quickly, uh, reading absolutely nothing into this at all, but I follow Joe Ward on Strava and he's currently in Essex, if anybody wanted to know. Uh, I don't know what that means other than maybe he's just at home with his family. I don't know. Uh, Some inside information though, and this is in no way official or announced by the club or anything like that, but Ben Thompson will be returning to Gillingham this summer. Put it, I'll just put it out there. I can't confirm that, but let's just say that uh, certain sources have confirmed that to me. So expect Ben Thompson to be going back to Medway this summer. So that is one gone for potentially a fee. I don't think we'll get a lot, uh, if I'm honest, for Ben Thompson. Anyone on that list, Dan, that surprises you um, in terms of those that have gone back to the parent clubs? Presumably it's any of better that you'd be interested in. No surprises. Of better is the one that I'm upset by, but. I mean, yeah, you just look at the state of the club right now. There's no way we've got the, what, minimum 700k you'd have to think to, to sort of prime away from Swansea. It's it's probably more than that, really, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that one at all. Um, I, I know that the club, when the club issued the retained list, Darrow had mentioned that two players had requested transfer. Now, you look at the contract situations on a couple of players and you might be able to sort of you know, make an educated guess on who those players might be. But, you know, there's there's a few names that in in the general retain list, I'm a little upset that we've transfer listed. But again, I, I just can't be shocked. I'm, I'm less fearful on the pitch this year than I am off the pitch. I think there's going to be a lot coming out about the club, both in the press and from, you know, staff members and sort of unofficial 
means, shall we say, that it's, yeah, we're, we're going to be under a spotlight big time and it's not going to be fun for anybody involved with the club. So, yeah, much more fearful off the pitch for me. Is there anybody on that um, that list for you that you're, you'd be upset to, to see the back of? No, not really. I don't think any of them are particularly that great. Um, JCH is coming to... He's at his peak, really. He's only going to get worse now, isn't he? Um, he makes a very, very good League One striker uh, and no more than that, and he'll get worse every season now. So as, as much as I like the bloke, and we will miss his goals, and I guarantee you that, um, I'm not even that disappointed to see him go. Um, I think, I don't want to agree with you, Tim, and I certainly don't want to agree with you, Dan, but I think we could be in trouble massively next season I have to say I think to, to get relegated from this league you have to be really shit to be honest with you and I my prediction is this is going to happen we are going to go out there and cross our fingers and get young players that we desperately hope will be great and we will spend no money whatsoever because we have no money whatsoever so we're going to do that we're going to hope that the players that we've retained are going to be good enough to keep us in this league or at least mid-table I can't imagine that we will be knocking on the doors of of um, the playoffs this season to get into the playoffs is a successful season for the posh we don't have to finish first or second well we never finish first but we don't have to go up automatically finishing the playoffs is always a successful season for the posh um, I think we will be just, it'll be a season where we cross our fingers and hope on the pitch. And I think we will probably be a mid-table team next season. I think Fergie's a good manager. And if we get some decent young players in, we'll be mid-table as a minimum. However, if we go and get some players that aren't particularly great, we might be towards the, the bottom of that. But I don't think we'll be anywhere near the bottom. So I think we'll have an okay season at worst. Um, if we're lucky, we'll have a decent season. What I do worry about is what goes on off the pitch, because I think, allegedly, there may be some issues between the owners. And I think it's it's very difficult to predict the future. If we could do that, we'd all do the lottery and win a lot of money. But I think it's not going to be the most successful season on the pitch. I mean, there'll be some very good sides still in League One. And a lot of them are, are ex-premiership sides. Let's not beat around the bush. All the teams above us this season have been in the premiership at some point. Some of them have been in the premiership many, many, many times, for God's sake. Some of the teams below us have been in the premiership. You know, it, it's difficult to compete against these sort of things. We are a small club. And more importantly, we're still an unfashionable club. It's hard to get players to come to a club like Peterborough United. There's teams in League Two that are more attractive for players to go to than us. So I don't think it's going to be very a very successful season next season, I have to say. And I do worry about the financial health of Peterborough United. Has Plymouth ever been in the Premiership? The Premiership team? I'm trying to test my knowledge there. I, I can't recall Plymouth ever being in the Premiership. Because we, but aside from the fact they won the league, I take your point about everybody else being there. Uh, up in the top division at some point. Um, there was definitely a couple of Kisbyisms in there as well. Uh, if we buy good players, we'll do well. If we don't buy good players, we won't do well. So that's the recruitment sorted for the summer, thanks to uh, Mr. Matthew Kisby. Some earlier listener predictions. Uh, Nick Atkinson says mid-table mediocrity beckons. Um, Maya Cap, Maya Cap, not sure how it's pronounced, relegation and debt. Owen Simmons, 11th to 15th. 
And Dan N, uh, sorry, Dan N says damage was done under McCann. Playoffs were a bonus, but we uh, we're now a national laughing stock again. Ward, Butler, Kent, Kipriani, to name a few, are nowhere near good enough. No idea on next season. I'm bowing out for a while, probably mid table. Pessimism is rife amongst the posh fan base. Um, some club news came out today in an attempt to try and cheer us all up. Jared, new awake, it's been released uh, as our expert on fashion. Figured that I should throw this one to you. Um, we asked our listener base whether they like the new away kit, which is pink, if anybody's missed this. 80% said yay, 20% said nay. Where do you stand on the pink kit, Jared? Yeah, it's nice. Obviously, I won't be buying it. I look like Mr. Blobby in it, but I'll probably get it for my wife. Yeah, but you you bought the kit last season. Please buy an away kit. It will look you will look like Mr. Blobby, I won't lie, but it will it will suit you. You say with a massive smile on your face. Yeah, no, I think I think it's. I mean, it's all right, isn't it? I, I do think I'm reading way too much into this. I do think it's interesting how we didn't get a big build up or you know promotional video or we're going to drop this in a week's time. It was just a case of we're going yeah, to but drop this. I much video. preferred that. Did no, you... I, I I agree. No, I'm with you. I do, but it's very unposh like. Yeah, but like I say, I think they, they literally said it yesterday, didn't they? Just uh, ready for a new kit. I thought, yeah, just do that. Let's not have all the little snippets and then it turns out to be shit. It's it's a pink kit. It's nice. I'm sure people will enjoy it. And yeah, they look a lot know. better in it than I will. They've done, Sam, they've done you out of work here because you were involved in kit launch a few years back. And uh, yeah, Jared doesn't want you to have that working. That's fine. I don't, I don't think Daryl will be asking me back for a while anyway. <laughs> Well, I couldn't possibly work out why. Um, but yeah, so we are playing in pink. Um, so my take from this is basically that we all feel a little bit unsure about next season, a little bit pessimistic. We will, of course, preview the upcoming season properly at the end of the summer, just before we get back underway, where we'll look at recruitment. And hopefully we'll, feel, we'll be feeling a little bit more um, positive by then. Uh, thanks to everyone that has listened and contributed with comments throughout the season. Um, overall, we've had a we've had a blast, um, even when we've been getting threatened with lawsuits. Uh, it's been uh, one of our most successful seasons to date in terms of listener numbers. I wonder if that's the Sam and Nathan effect, potentially. I don't know. I we'll find no. out when we do this in the season. I think it's legal, actually. Just quickly, talking of Sam, I love that when, obviously, at the start, like, oh, he's amazing, he's on holiday. Now all you can see is his teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Oh, and right on cue as we talk about the Nathan effect, look who pops up. Nathan is with us. Good evening, sir. You all right? You heard your name. We said your name three times in the mirror and summoned an, a, a wild Nathan. I did, yeah. yeah. Well, we were just saying that it's been our most successful season in terms of uh, listener numbers. And we wondered if that was the effect of, of you and Sam. Uh, just really quickly, Nathan, before I wrap up on reviewing last season, brief preview of next season mm -hmm. just give us your final thoughts on the season that's just come to an end um i definitely say that obviously the the result in in the playoffs is kind of symptomatic of how we were across the season in that we go so far and then you know fail at the final hurdle or obviously second to final hurdle um and it just yeah it's it's been a season of ups and downs and that was just another um episode of, of a down really unfortunately um you know good performances in the main but then also some some terrible performances along the way and, and I think we left our last one to to that second leg and, and yeah ultimately it's kind of killed the season and sort of put us in a quite a bad mood ahead of, of next season I suppose 
And how do you see next season playing out? Um, judging by what the owners have said and, and the information that's kind of come out, um, I, I would I kind of expect mid table if 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 not worse. Um, I can't see us challenging too much, but I guess it depends on on the players that come in. I guess also we can't really judge until, yeah, we do see who goes out the door, who comes in. Um, it's far too early to tell. And also, you know, you've got to look at other sides and, and what they bring in and, and who they lose as well. So, yeah, it's, it's too early to judge, but hopefully we're competitive. But I'd, I'd be surprised judging by, you know, the comments that I've seen. Interesting. Without even being on the episode, you've pretty much echoed everything that we've just said. So there was a too long, didn't read version. If anybody didn't want to listen to the entire episode, uh, just tune in and listen to Nathan's summary, uh, which summed up quite nicely. It has been a good year for the other block, though. We've um, been picked up by TalkSport this year, their new fan network, which is now sponsored by Muck Delivery, uh, which you may have heard my incredibly professional ads for. Um, the, the network's growing massively and it's great to be a part of that and we're excited to see what comes next. Uh, hopefully, on that note, we'll be back next season. Uh, do let us know if there's anything you'd like to see or hear that should be really on the yellow block next season. We're going to try and do some interviews, um, some former players, stuff like that during the postseason. If there is anyone you'd like to see, let us know. Uh, maybe Steve Bleasdale. Um, we've tried to track him down before. Uh, Jared, I believe you ended up messaging some randomers on Facebook with the same name. Was that was that a thing? I messaged every Steve Bleasdale on Facebook until I come across the, like a the fifteen year old one, and then I stopped immediately doing what I was doing and uh, abandoned the mission. So yeah, we need we need to like hashtag find Bleo. Um, we need to we need to find the man. We do. Hashtag find Bleo. And we could do this as a feature. So until the actual Steve Bleasdale turns up, we'll just get Jared to call a random Steve every episode um, until we find where Steve Bleasdale is. So, yeah, there's one feature already in the book for next season. Let us know if there's anything else that you want. And don't forget to subscribe. Please leave us a review and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify if you have enjoyed what we've offered. Uh, this season. Season isn't over just yet though. We've got the prestigious end of season awards to come and also the 2022-23 uh, recap. A compilation a compilation of Timothy. the season where no doubt we'll all look very silly in hindsight. Hmm. Do you know how you mocked you know how you mocked uh, a couple of weeks ago saying why do I say we climb the podcast charts because we never do and then what happened? We climb the podcast charts. Exactly. So that just means persistence is key. Keep at it and it'll work. It was the, uh, oh shit. Yeah, it was the, um, oh, I'm just giving up with this system. Hold on. I, I, like I like how your mic arm is actually bigger than your real arm. I don't know what you're on about. I've been working out. <laughs>
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.